You're listening to We, we, we the Aether Podcast, within and without. Welcome. Hi, Nikki. Thank, thank you so much for joining us on uh, the We the Ether podcast. Um, I actually uh, did a processing call with you and Sean Korn back in February. Um, so I pretty much wanted to get you on with Ether just so you can uh, explain to our viewers and listeners just pretty much what you do with um, your, your uh, I guess, organization or your company, um, the services you offer, uh, the trainings you do, the intensives. So we'll just, uh, if you just wanted to introduce yourself and then we'll go from there. I love it. Yes. Uh, first, thank you for asking me to be a part of this. I'm honored and grateful and all of that. So thank you so much for asking me to be here. Um, the way that I usually <laughs> introduce myself, right? And I always say this no matter where I am or, or where I'm speaking, right? In, in this context or any of that, I usually introduce myself the same way. And, you know, I always say the running joke has always been, uh, I always said, if I ever spoke at Harvard Medical School, I would introduce myself the exact same way. And then about two and a half years ago now, I actually spoke at Harvard Medical School. And I did have that opportunity, right, to introduce myself the exact same way. So it's, I'm Nikki, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a codependent, I'm the survivor of both childhood and adult sexual trauma, I'm a love addict, I'm a recovering debtor spender, and, and the big three letter word is and, right? All of that is true. And it's with the same, exact same gratitude and grace Mm. that is on the other side of this. I am a yoga therapist. I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner, which is this trauma healing technique um, that that, um, came out of the work of Dr. Peter Levine. I am um, um, uh, an MBA, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh, all of these things. I always say that I'm also the mother of two living and one deceased child. I'm the grandmother of five. I'm actually the great grandmother of three beautiful, great grandchildren. Right. And I love saying all of that in the same sentence. And um, I actually got these words from Sonia Renee Taylor, who I whose work I dearly, dearly love. But she says, you know, this is not about inspiration porn, right? And it really isn't about inspiration porn. I love saying that and putting it all in the same sentence because it represents the journey of reclaiming all parts of myself. What I've discovered is if I make one part of myself bad, awful, and wrong, and another part of myself right and wonderful and praiseworthy, what happens is there's a split inside. Mm -hmm. And that split creates an internal war, right? And you think about that, the split is really the antithesis of yoga. Yoga means union, it means integration, it means wholeness. And when I create this split, that's the opposite of that. And uh, so this journey has been about healing. It's been bringing all parts of myself back together. And, you know, the journey has taken me through all the the throes of addiction, including commercial sex work, 
right? All, all of that throughout the throes of addiction. And it's brought me into the wholeness of, of who I really am. Reclaiming all parts of myself has been a part of this journey. And it was really out of that that this work of, of Y12SR came. Beautiful, thank you so much. Um, I recall, I believe it was on the, the processing call that you said, I am, and it's pretty much anything that followed that. So I, I really liked how you just pretty much, you know, just captured everything of who, you know, you were and who you are. I guess the way that you explained it back on the processing call was that it was, it was like any, it doesn't define who you are. Right. It's very, that's very, very true. All of those things are experiences and, and all of those things inform, they all inform my walk on this plane of existence. And there's an, and again, and none of them define me. None of those things define me. I'm so much more than, you know, any experience and than any one experience and I can't ignore or deny or pretend or wish away, right? Any of that stuff, all of those things are a part of who I am. And, and there have been wonderful insights and, and lessons and gifts as a part of accepting all parts of myself. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking, especially with what's going on today. I mean, even anyone, and I've always said that, you know, it's like everyone has a story, you know, so it's just like same shit, different day, or, you know, it's like just everyone is kind of going through their muck and kind of getting through it. So it's just a matter of how you, um, I like to just explain that it's just like this loop that we're going around and until you break that loop to, you know, transcend or evolve, um, to better yourself, then, you know, you move on to the next chapter past those, you know, teachings and uh, lessons. So with regards to yoga of uh, 12 step recovery, um, how did you form uh, the company? Was it with regards to, I guess, just the, um, the work that you have been doing for yourself and on yourself for your own spiritual growth and development? Yeah, it kind of did evolve from that. Um, my story includes relapse. So I was clean for eight years and then I relapsed. And then I was clean for another four years and then I relapsed again. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, after that second relapse, and of course there's a lot in between there. There's a lot of, of story with that. The first um, uh, eight years, you know, I got everything back. So I lost everything in the, you know, including custody of my children, the whole nine yards in, th in the throes of addiction. And when I came into recovery and my recovery um, began with the 12 step program, which I'm eternally grateful for, right? I walked in those rooms of 12 step and people were there who loved me when I didn't know how to love myself, right? And they really did love me so I could learn what it meant to really love myself. And so in those first eight years, I got all this stuff back. You know, I got the house back and the car back and the kids back and, you know, all the material things. That was when I went back to school. I got, you know, education and all of this kind of stuff. And truth is, long story short, I got pretty full of myself, right? <laughs> I was feeling myself way too much, <laughs> right? 
And um, the story is uh, this company that I was working for at the time sent me on a trip over to Germany, a place called Garmisch, Germany. And everything that could have gone wrong went wrong on my way over there. And plus, I was full of myself. I was still full of myself. Long story short, I end up in relapse in, in um, uh, Germany. And instead of flying back home to Boston, where I was living at the time, instead, I flew to Amsterdam. I flew to, <laughs> you know, right. Great decision there, Nikki. Right. So I fly to Amsterdam. But the thing that always astounds me about this story and why I continue to tell it is because once I got in Amsterdam, right, I morphed back into the person I was eight years previously. I knew exactly what to do, where to go, how to talk, all of that to find my drug of choice in a foreign country, right? And I did that, and I did that, right? And that blows my way, my, it blows my mind because that is the, the patterning, that's the samskara, that's the conditioning, right? And I don't wanna ever forget that that's always there, right? That that is always a, a possibility to go back to, and I don't wanna go back to any of that today, right? And so I finally made it back to Boston where I was living and that was when I was introduced to yoga. And oh, actually that was when I was reintroduced to yoga. I had been introduced to yoga early on, you know, and then, you know, fell away from it for all the bling, right? <laughs> right? And so after that relapse, I came back to it, right? I was reintroduced to it and really, really fell in love with it by the time it was all said and done and started getting, you know, deep into yoga philosophy and started reading all this stuff and seeing the similarities between yoga philosophy and the 12 step program, right? Mm -hmm. Really start seeing all these similarities. And then, you know, got, you know, full of myself again. Uh, there's a pattern here, right? <laughs> and and uh, decided all I needed was yoga. I didn't need this 12-step stuff anymore. Mm. I was sick and tired of hearing the same old shit in the rooms and all of that. Or I didn't need that anymore. And after four years, relapsed again, right? Mm. So it was after that second relapse that I recognized that at least for an addict like me, that these things needed to be deeply coupled, that they needed to be married, combined, right? That I had put things in, in compartments. I had all this shit compartmentalized, right? Mm -hmm. Yoga was here, 12 step was here, school was here. There was all this compartmentalization. And, and um, that kept me in a state of, of being at least unwilling to dive to the level of depth needed for real healing. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, it was after that last relapse, um, which I'm grateful to say, it's now been all, well, in July, in mid-July, it'll be 21 years wow. since the last relapse. And I assert that it's been this combining, this, this marriage 
of these things at the level of body, energy, mind, across what the yogis say, the five bodies, right? It's been that depth of healing that's made possible one day at a time, you know, now being at 21 years since this this last week. And I've discovered that there are a lot of addicts just like me, right? That need this deep level of of integration. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of folks just like me, right? And so it was out of that, that this whole thing was born. It was out of that, that it was born. That's amazing. I think that's what I was drawn to. um, I guess just your message on that processing call, because I felt like, I know, I guess, um, psychologically, everything makes sense. You know, it's just a matter of how you apply it and your practice. Um, and then it was when it came down to the yoga, it was like, okay. And then it was just, that's when everything came to the surface, you know, with regards to any frustrations that I was feeling or anger, just like all those like deep, dark shadows. Um, so I really love how you just combined the two, because even in your, your talk, I was like, oh my gosh, it's just everything. I didn't even know that I had like addictive you know, person, it was just, it, I didn't have to, you know, be addicted to drugs or alcohol in order to have like an addictive That's right. personality or, um, yeah. So, and that's what I wanted our listeners and our viewers to pretty much catch on to this discussion is, you know, so you don't need to have any sort of substance abuse in order to have, an, like, you can have a shopping addiction, you can have, you know, a food addiction. It's just, and especially now, especially with um, like COVID and what just, the world and what we're going through, I found that, especially with being, uh, sorry, with people being isolated, um, that I imagine a lot of things came up. Um, so how would, would you mind, I guess, just explaining um, the difference between the codependent and then I know it's like, just kind of a huge ask, but if you could just briefly, <laughs> if you can, um, just explain the codependent and then, you know, just like the, the I guess the, the addictions just to expand, um, Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the things that that we really look to do in what of us are is broaden the definition of addiction. You know, usually when you say addiction, people immediately go to drugs and alcohol. Right. And 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 I get that rightfully so that it's so problematic like you were saying, particularly now here, it's the opioid overdose is the the public health crisis. Before COVID, the number one public health crisis. Mm-hmm. After COVID, the, it will be the number one public health crisis, right? And the, the statistics around it are staggering. I mean, they're just staggering, right? And we don't even have statistics out yet for between the last statistics were from May 1919 to May 1920. So we don't even have this, you know, God awful year that we went through. So you can only imagine what that is. And it's so much broader than that, than just substances and even just behaviors. In doing this work with, with yoga and yoga philosophy with this, I assert, you know, these are words that came from some of my teachers and in a a different format and all of that. But I would assert that what Patanjali is saying in the Yoga Sutras really is 
We're all addicted to the way we process our reality. We're all addicted to our defenses. We're all, you know, have addicted to our likes. You know, all we avoid the dislikes, right? Which is yet another form. In one way or another, we're all addicted to the way we process our reality. And we are all, you know, Patanjali says, it's by examining our conditioning that we find our ticket to freedom. That examining our conditioning is how we find our ticket to freedom. So that means looking at, we're all in this, what I call the matrix, right? And the matrix is binary. This is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong. And it defines us, you fit in this box. You fit in this box, you know, you're a woman, you're, right? Or a girl, girls do this, mm -hmm. girls don't do that, right? <laughs> you're black, right? Black fits here, right? So we get all these assignments, if you will, within the matrix. And that's, none of that is truly who we are, mm -hmm. right? Which kind of brings us to this whole idea of codependency. Um, co I often talk about codependency as part of the root of, you know, when, you, when, when we get here, we're, we're really peeling down at some really deep levels. The definition that, that I use for codependency is that codependency is the disease of the lost self. Mm -hmm. That anytime I look outside of myself for something that can only come from the inside, then I can be in a codependent relationship with whatever that is, right? Mm -hmm. I have been in a codependent relationship with Nordstrom's, right? Because, you know, <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> if I just get that bag, right? Or oh, shoes. shoes, right? <laughs> it's bags and shoes for me, right? You know, and that's going to complete me. Or, you know, I'm a little, my daughter, right? I'm, I'll never forget this. Um, she would wait. I'd call her up. I say, I'm depressed. And she would go, yes, because she knew that meant we were going shopping, right? <laughs> yeah, we were going because I needed something to put me back at a place where, you know, I had a little comfort and ease. I needed a little comfort and that purse would get it. And mm -hmm. then what would happen would, um, I wake up the next morning, I get the bag, get the shoes, whatever it is. I wake up the next morning. It's like I got a hangover, like mm -hmm. I had from, from drinking and drugs. You know, <laughs> I shouldn't have bought that. I really didn't have the money. Right. I got it's. I'm in that same place. Right. And in my case, I played what, you know, in 12 step vernacular, it's often called whack-a-mole. Right. And that's what I did. Right. I whacked down drugs and alcohol and then shopping popped up and I get a handle on that. And then relationships would mm -hmm. pop up. I get a handle on that. It would be food. Right. Or, you know, numbing out on TV or whatever. Until we get at what's underneath all this, you can play whack-a-mole forever. Right. I can just be in in the hunt, in the circle of yep. playing that forever until we get at. Right. And it's never going to come from the outside. It can't possibly. It can only come from what's inside. And, and I find that that's what's so hard is that it is self work. 
Um, and a lot of people don't want to admit it. They don't want to just pretty much take, you know, the handle and, you know, just get to it and be like, okay, this is what I need to fix. And I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but I mean, even just to find something that you are connected to and then just, you know, follow the form hole down to whatever speaks to you. Um, whether it's funny with your whack-a-mole I was like oh I was really good at whack-a-mole I do like the double tap thing <laughs> so I'm just like thinking of all my I am's and my issues it's like just like double tapping them to make sure they stay down <laughs> I love it I love it and you you brought up a, a very very a, a, a important point all of this stuff right there, there's no rocket science to any of this it's simple and it is not easy, mm -hmm. right? It is not at all easy, right? To It requires, yoga speaks of swadhyaya, right? It's the deep level of self-inquiry, right? It's the, the way I love to always phrase it, it's the chipping away at all that is not us, yep. right? Because we are, everything we need is here right? It's all here. We are whole and complete. We've all just had all this programming and conditioning dumped on top of us. So it, it gives me a lot of hope and heart and inspiration that the job is subtraction, right? It's not, there's nothing to add. Mm -hmm. We are whole. It's just Chip it, but some of that shit's been there for a while. So yeah. chipping it away hurts. <laughs> Is that double whack for the whole? Yeah, it's that double whack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you got to probably whack it pretty hard with that double. <laughs> um, and I totally agree because even for myself, I find that there's a lot of conditioned beliefs passed on from, you know, my mom, my grandparents, my great grandparents, like just my ancestors. And I mean, even at my age right now and realizing that a lot of what has been passed down is not a part of me. It's not who I am. So, and then it's just as hard to accept that and also to be able to move past it yes. um, and to find a practice. And what I like about uh, uh, Y12SR is that it allows a person to, um, I guess it, it's just like pretty much, it's just like in simple terms, you know, it's just like something that you can follow easily because it, it takes a 12 step program based off of, you know, an, an addiction um, along with yoga. But I find that people, they kind of like disassociate from yoga because they think it's like this physical thing or you have to look a certain way or be spiritual or whatever. Um, but I find that yoga is really just a lifestyle. Yeah. And it's like, and if you can apply the lifestyle um, along with any sort of, I guess, messaging or language that you feel connected to that will help you improve your life and um, just speed along your spiritual development and your spiritual growth, that that's where that, that loop, you know, will break and then you'll be able to, trans to transcend. <clears throat> exactly. The heart of Watovasar is, you know, we speak about this. The, the last seven words in the 12 steps is we practice the principles in all our affairs, right? Right. So the, the part of the heart of Watovasar is what does it really mean to practice the principles? How do you really embody 
practicing the principles. How do you know when you're practicing the principles? And it takes um, a, a level of inward focus, right? A level, a level to attune to the inner dimension. One, one of, um, uh, but Swami Rama, I think this is where this came from, says we're citizens of two worlds right? There's the inner world and the outer world, mm -hmm. right? And we got to walk in the inner world. Uh, we have to walk in the outer world, right? And hopefully we're in touch and aware enough with our inner world that it is the guide for the outer world rather than the outer world being the guide for, for the inner world. And part of that is practicing the principles and what it really means to practice the principles. That's why you work steps in the 12 step program to get underneath them for the principles that are sit underneath them that the steps teach us to embody in our in our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, the principles of uh, that sit underneath the steps look a whole lot like, for example, the yamas and niyamas and the principles of yoga, right? And the, again, the idea is, how do I really bring this into my life? Yeah. Because it's this, right? Is again, one of my teachers says that helps our intentions become stronger than our dysfunctional patterns. We got all this conditioning, right? Mm -hmm. And right, it's ancestral, it's also cultural, right? It's also institutional. It's mm -hmm. all of the historical, all of those things all this conditioning, right? So we really have to practice the principles so that all that old conditioning isn't stronger than our intentions. We want our intentions to be stronger than our dysfunctional patterns. Yeah, and it also helps along with um, passing along, you know, like new patterns or conditions onto, you know, future generations to come, whether people have children. You know, it's like, I see, certain like behavioral patterns. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I understand like why that child may be behaving that way or why the parent is, you know, freaking out at their kid the way they are. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is really hard just to kind of take a step back and do a lot of self-study because you do have to ask a lot of hard questions to yourself in order to peel back those layers and find pretty much like that, that spark within you that all it is is a spark, you know, that just connects us to, everyone else everything yeah yeah <laughs> that matrix yeah 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 and, and it's that that supports us to like you said earlier to begin to understand that here i go with this one i always say i, w I wish these were my world words but i'm pretty sure they belong to jesus right? <laughs> <laughs> so we can we we're in this we're in this matrix and in this conditioning and all that, but we don't have to be of it, mm -hmm. right? We do not have to be of it, right? And it's this stuff that has us still, you know, we're not bypassing it, right? We're in it, we're in it, right? But I don't have to be of it. I don't have to be in that same thing. And I, I believe that this foundation that yoga gives us it gives us that wherewithal so that we don't have to be of this, you know, all the mess and all the 
the chaos and all of that. Even though we're in it, we don't have to be of that. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, just going back to uh, Y12SR, um, I, you have different programs. So you have the intensives, you have the leadership training, and then you also have the meetings. Are the meetings now online? Um, yeah. Or have you yeah. always provided the meetings? Or they're just online due to the circumstances now? Yeah, they weren't online. Okay. The COVID, right? They, they, we weren't doing a whole lot online. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's been a gift, right? Uh, so now we have all these online meetings and they aren't going away, right? Uh, those online meetings. It's been a real gift. Um, I do a, um, uh, a whole space for a meeting on Monday nights. And there have been people in there from France and Germany and, you know, um, Tanzania. I mean, everywhere, right? And so, and that was something that wasn't happening before. And so it gives us a chance to, to listen and learn and share and all that with folks that we probably never would have had the opportunity for. So it's been quite a gift. And now a lot of the in-person meetings are just beginning to start back up, right? So it will be a combination of both from here on out. Nice. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to take the intensive um, just for myself uh, and my own spiritual development and my growth. Um, with regards to the leadership training, did you want to, um, I guess, just elaborate on what you offer in case anyone were interested in um, becoming a Y12SR uh, leader? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, it's kind of, we, we offer the, the training piece of this in two formats, right? And one, like you spoke of, you can take the intensive and the leadership as two separate offerings, right? That's because the intensive is online, right? It's a recorded thing that you get through Yoga International. And that part is where we look at this intersection, if you will, with yoga and the 12 steps, right? We look how, uh, we call it the piece for application and understanding, which is words that come from 12 step world, right? That it really is looking at how yoga can support recovery, how recovery can support yoga, right? All of these things together. And that's like a six hour online course that's offered through Yoga International. And then we say people check it, check that out, right? And if that calls to you and what you'd like to do is go off and offer Y12SR meetings and practices within your own home communities, then take the leadership training, right? Mm -hmm. And because it takes both pieces to become what we call a Y12SR leader. And the leadership training is where we equip and, you know, just prepare anyone who wants to go out in the world and offer the meetings, how, how to do that, right? It's the part that, you know, is the how to go back into your community and offer that. And then we offer that in a, what we call the Y12SR combined right? It's a, a, a long weekend where both the pieces are put together and you do it in one fell swoop okay. so that by the time you're done with that, that long weekend, 
you are what we call a Watuabasar space holder. And you got most everything you need in order to go back and out in the world and, and offer this stuff. So wow. that's the training piece. Nice. And the meetings, um, are they open, I guess, just registered when you post them and then anyone can just join or? Okay. Yes. Most meetings are. There are a couple of ways that, that that can happen too. They're what we call open and closed meetings. Um, closed meetings are like, this is offered in treatment centers, it's offered at places like that. And oftentimes it's just for um, uh, the folks who may be resident at the treatment center at that time. So those are what we call closed meetings. And then some other folks offer closed meetings. So therapists and counselors and all those folks do Watuabasar. And sometimes they'll offer that in just an invite only that may be their clients or, uh -huh. or whatever it is or something like that. Those are closed meetings. But most of the meetings are open public meetings. And what I love about the meetings is what we were speaking to earlier is for anyone and everyone affected by their own addictive behavior or affected by the addictive behavior of others. And I often say that's probably the most brilliant sentence I've ever written, right? <laughs> because nobody's left out of that. We are all affected by the disease of addiction. Even if you're not the, the, the affected individual, for example, with a substance or a behavior addiction, we're still all affected by it. We're all economically, socially, we're all affected by addiction. So, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately those public meetings are open for anyone and everyone and everyone shows up. I often say we have AA, NA, OA, SLA, EIEIO, right? <laughs> there are 200 different kinds of 12 step uh, work, right? And so all of it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I mean, especially with the, the pandemic, um, I mean, it was kind of, you know, a, a shitty thing to happen, but then it also allowed opportunities like this for people to join and, you know, for these communities that wouldn't have been able to meet in person um, to be able to come online and, you know, talk and get support. Because um, I find that even technology can be an addiction as well, like especially mobile phones, whether it's like the apps, games, you know, it's like because people whether they realize it or not, you know, it's like, even if you're on your phone or if you're just like sitting, even work can become, you know, is addictive. So I find that um, as long as, you know, you, you do realize that there is some sort of addictive personality that you may or may not have, you probably do. Um, right, 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 right. We say anything I use to escape a perceived intolerable reality, right? Anything like from yoga perspective, yoga says stay present, mm -hmm. right? Anything that I use to avoid staying present, staying here is something that could turn into an addiction, right? And from that definition, here's, you know, here's what I bet, right? There's what therapists generally diagnose from the DSM, right? They have this certain things of use disorders and all this, these categories from its first version to the version that's current now, that list has multiplied, right? Of what those things are. And I bet you when the next version comes out, there's going to be that many more. 
because I can use damn near anything to escape a perceived, I don't like it, right? I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like being, you know, uh, in any kind of discomfort. So I will use something to escape rather than staying present, right? And yoga says, watch that because, and, and really the whole, it says, watch that because that could possibly turn into an addiction, a way to run away, a way to avoid, a way to all those kinds of things. So it's, it, it really is amazing and interesting to watch, right? In some way, I assert most all of us have uh, some things we can pay attention to rather <laughs> relative to this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Even um, <clears throat> I was watching, uh, I think it was, I, I don't know if it was a TED Talk or just an interview with, uh, I believe his name is Thomas Hubble. Hubble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was discussing how, because he's into, you know, uh, the, the trauma related um, or just uh, trauma experience that he was saying uh, or explaining that, I guess, the evolution for, um, I guess, from the trauma is the trauma of technology and how it's affecting people, you know, and how you mentioned earlier on about the likes <clears throat> and the engagements and whatnot. Um, I was affected by it. Like, I don't enjoy going on social media just because I know that it doesn't do me any good of how I feel. So I know that I need, that's something I need to stay away from personally. Um, but yeah, I, I just liked how he was explaining because it's like, well, that's true because now how do we, I mean, we're on these, you know, online communities where we can uh, support one another, but now it's like how we break out of that, you know, you have like the trolls or just people who go on to, you know, put others down deliberately. And especially now, because I find that things are so tense um, that that's, I find that that's this like new evolution of what happened with humanity and especially with technology. So it's like this, it kind of like interlinked in a weird way where now we have like this technology that we also have to decondition, you know, just to kind of be like, okay, we have to step back and realize that like this phone is not who I am. You know, like this platform is not who I am. It's funny because, you know, all of that, it's not about the phone. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, because there's some wonderful thing. I would never want to be without my phone. (laughs) Um, for some very good reasons, right? It has to do with me in relationship with whatever that is. There's nothing wrong with alcohol, right? There's nothing wrong with with shopping, right? There's nothing wrong with, with caffeine, right? It's me in relationship with those yeah. things, right? It has nothing to do with that which is outside, right? Technology is wonderful, and I can take anything into the too much, right? <laughs> or the too little, right? Yoga talks about middle path, right? It's middle path, right? That's where is from 12-step vernacular, the wisdom to know the difference can be found right there in that middle path. So part of this and why yoga, I will assert, is so helpful. And this is kind of what we teach to in Y12SR. How do I keep coming back to that middle, right? How do I just, because I'm going to get off path, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to. I'm going to go too far north or too far (laughs) south. I'm going to get off path. 
but the awareness to keep coming back to that middle, right? I keep coming back there because the wisdom to know the difference sits right there in the middle, right? Mountain pose, right? <laughs> Shavasana. <laughs> no, I like that. It, even as you were discussing, um, you know, th that the phone is external, you know, the social media is external, it doesn't define who I am. So I and I know that. And I mean, that's all me in my head, you know, and it's like how I feel about myself. And it's like things that I need to work on. Um, and even for, you know, anyone else who's going through similar things as well, it's always things that you need to work on within yourself. Um, you know, you may have these like external, you know, distractions or materialistic things that you feel that are going to, um, you know, fulfill you, but it only fulfill you for like a little teeny bit. And then, right. you know, the feeling is gone. That's so, right. It yeah. is not lasting, right? That will only come from the inside. It cannot possibly come from the outside. No. And I find even with yoga as well, um, I was part of like a, a yoga specific community uh, a few years ago. And um, it was almost like I was bypassing a lot of my issues in order to be spiritual and to look spiritual and to speak spiritual. So I felt like I had this role that I had to be in order to be this yogic, you know, figure. Um, and that's where a lot of, and then that's when I turned to, you know, reading more about, um, I guess just about the chakras, you know, just like the background of yoga, because it was just like, okay, well, I understand the poses and I get it. Um, but now it's like, I need to learn more about, I guess it's just like psycho the psychological impact that it has on me, my mind, and in order for me to um, connect with myself um, and also that connection through yoga. Yeah, uh, that, what a great <laughs> way to say that. that. That has been the process, right? It's, it's accepting all parts and reintegrating all parts of myself first and then recognizing that I'm not that, and I'm not that, and I'm not that, right? And that really is just been this process because I can be one of the things, this was in the codependency work that I really discovered that, I can be in relationship with an image rather than being in relationship with what's there. So I got, like you were saying, the image of myself is a spiritual person, right? So I'm in relationship with the image rather than being in relationship with who I am or myself as a teacher, right? And then I start doing things in relationship to who I think a teacher should be, mm -hmm. right? And how I think a teacher should act rather than being really in relationship with, with who I am, right? So it's just been this stripping away. My story around this, talk about learnings. I've been married four times, right? <laughs> four, <laughs> right? And so, you know, I always talk about the last one was the one that I thought, you know, I just thought, just knew we were gonna grow old together and then it blew the hell up, right? And, and it, it blew up out of, you know, I couldn't see what my part in it was because it blew up in this fantastic way where, you know, all this stuff happened 
that really um, felt like uh, uh, I had no part in it. It wasn't part of it wasn't mine. I felt like I was doing the right thing and all this kind of stuff in, in the relationship. And then I came to realize that I was in relationship with my image of the relationship. Mm. I wasn't in relationship with the person that was in front of me. I had this image, right, of what our relationship was. I used to say we were like the Brock and Michelle of addiction recovery, right, doing this. Stuff. You know, we were that couple, right, the Brock and Michelle. And I was in relationship with my image of the relationship. I wasn't in relationship with the person that was in front of me. And, it, and then I got to discover how that plays out so many different ways, right? I could be in relationship with myself as a teacher. And then I'm not really in relationship with the student, the person that's in front of me, because I'm into, this is what a teacher should be. And I should act like this because mm -hmm. I'm spiritual, right? <laughs> and, and it's just been stripping, you know, one piece at a time, chipping away at all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you said something, I think it was like earlier. Um, shoot. Sorry, I'm just like total brain fart right now. <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, on to the next. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Humans. I know, right? It's like dead air. It's like, why not? Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, back to, or when you had, I, I think it was like early on in our conversation, um, just about you discussing now about your, your relationship and the image that you had. And going back uh, in the early conversation, how you mentioned um, that we have these roles. Um, and I find that for me, especially because uh, I, I'm pretty much just like a women's health advocate. So um, for me, it was pretty much learning just because I knew that I didn't get a lot of education passed down from my mom, her mother, grandparent, whatever. So it was just pretty much I was in the dark for a lot of my women health, uh, women's health needs. And I don't know if there's more codependency with women just because of these like fluctuating phases and patterns that we're going through that make us crazy or whatever these terms coin us to be. Um, but do you find that, do you have certain, um, is there like a, I guess, more male or female or just the, the gender neutral the, when it comes to codependence? It's funny because codependency has so many faces and so many possible ways that that it shows up right um uh sometimes it shows up as super controlling right um I often talk about and she's okay with it my daughter relative to that she was one who who um would not touch drugs or alcohol because she saw what it did to me, mm -hmm. right? So she wouldn't, she didn't want to touch drugs or alcohol, but hers showed up, her addiction showed up as super rigid and controlling. And mm -hmm. that's an arm or a face of codependency as well, right? That everything had to be in, in order, which is, it's, it's so tricky because 
that's a great quality for the outer world. Mm-hmm. It's an awful quality for the inner world. Mm-hmm. It's a damning, harming quality for the inner world, right? But in the outer world, it's really tricky because that gets applauded, right? She, you know, always takes care of business and everything's checked off her list and, you know, super perfectionists and all of that kind of stuff. You know, the world applauds that. But inside, I mean, and the what it was causing in relationship to her children and her relationship with herself was just so harming and so damning, right? So... And that's a form of codependency as well. So sometimes it shows up like that, that Mm -hmm. super controlling, super rigid, super all that kind of stuff. And and in that, you still look for something outside of yourself to soothe you because you're miserable on the inside. You're miserable on the inside, right? So sometimes it shows up like that, but sometimes it can also show up like doormat. Right. Or that there's this big I do this other thing in part of the work. The title is great. As a matter of fact, I'm doing one of these coming up sometime relatively soon. But the title of the workshop is Are You Compassionate or Are You Codependent? Mm. The Wisdom to Know the Difference. And we get compassion confused with codependency. Mm hmm. Right. It's a it's an easy thing. There's a fine line and there's it's an easy thing to confuse. Right. And and um, a lot of times, many times, um, uh, feminine form is is however you want to define that or feminine identity is kind of groomed into that. Right. Mm-hmm. I know I was mm-hmm. right. You're groomed into, you know, um, you, you, you don't have a career because you got to have uh, a husband. You got to serve your husband and your children and, you know, all of that. So, don't, you know, don't do that. Right. So you're kind of in, in certain in the matrix. You're groomed into that in certain ways. So, you know, and, and like I said, Either way, it's the disease of the lost self. Either way, whether it's rigid, right, and all that, or whether it shows up in this other way, it's still, you know, the, it, when you look at it, we still lose ourselves. We still lose ourselves, either way. <laughs> Thank you for elaborating. Um, That's pretty much what I wanted to touch on because I, find, I guess it's more like a caretaker role that yes. women would, you know, I guess feel... We're I, I don't even know if it's like needed, but yeah, it's just groomed into it. Because yeah. even for myself, the way I was raised, you know, it's like, oh, you need to cook, you need to clean, you have to, you know, have kids by this age, you have to be married by this age. And it was just like, you have to have to have to. And it was just all these, not even like my own thoughts or my own, you know, behavior paths that I wanted to do in order like, to have these goals for myself. Um, and then even, you know, with your marriage. People please it. Yeah. (laughs) And like, even like with your marriage, how you're saying that you had a relationship with the relationship and not just, you know, the individual. Exactly. So I guess that's where it would fall like for a codependent, you know, because a lot of resentment and anger would build up by being a caretaker. You know, I know, especially for me, it's like, I was like, I, there was a point where I was like, I'm not cooking, you know, I'm not cleaning. (laughs) And I was like, why do I have to do this? 
Um, so it's like, yeah, it's like just a lot of these like deep feelings come up. Um, and it's mostly just because of where they came from, you know, which was pretty much ancestral, whether it was, you know, historical, just based off of, I guess, how women have been. I, I mean, just for my story, not right. You know, right. In right. Right. And it's easy to stay in denial. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And we have this at we say denial is an acronym and it stands for don't even know I'm lying. <laughs> and I don't even know I'm lying. And who I'm generally lying to is myself. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm out of relationship with myself. Right. And until I get back in relationship with myself, all the other relationships have got to be affected by my out I'm, when uh, my relapses. Right. I discovered that my relapses came because I was out of integrity with myself. Mm -hmm. And that caused such a painful state inside of me that I wanted something to take that pain away, right? Whether it's a drink or the new Gucci bag or the, <laughs> you know, or a drug or numb out on TV. I just wanted to get out of that pain, right? Because being out of integrity with myself is a very painful condition. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like there's that saying, um, you gotta, you need to become uncomfortable to right. become comfortable. Right. You know, or right. get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The that's uh first saw that with Pima children. Becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable. I think that's sort yeah, of Yeah, I think I switched yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, and it's true because you know, no, and I think that's why a lot of people don't want to do the self-work because they know that it will become uncomfortable and that's what they don't want to face. So it's like, well, you know, I'd rather just sit on my phone or I'd rather just, you know, snort this line of coke, you know, in that's order right. to numb out and not deal with um, you know, my issues or pay my bills. I don't know. But <laughs> but that works. It works yeah. for a minute. It works for a minute. But like we said before, it will never get at what we teach it, we're talking about in the one is we confuse relief with resolve, right? So, you know, going to get that cookie or that purse or that mm -hmm. drink or TV, it, it's gonna give me a little relief right but it's, it will never bring resolve yeah. it will never bring resolve <laughs> well that was awesome thank you so much nikki uh did you want to tell folks how they can find you uh where they can if they wanted to look up more information on y12sr um you can drop your your social media links if you want to we'll also include them in the show notes and uh the description as well Perfect, because I'm awful at all that kind of stuff. Okay. I can't even tell you the, the social media links. It's all there. Okay. It probably has Y12SR in it in some form. Okay. But <laughs> just the website. I do know the website. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Y12SR.com. So, and it's Y, the number 12, then the letters SR, which stands for Yoga 12-Step Recovery. Dot com and all the meetings are listed there, trainings and all everything you want to know is listed there. 
And folks, if you, anybody who just wants to, I'm Nikki at yclovisar.com. So, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Nikki, thank you so much for this call and this chat and just your, pretty much your knowledge and, you know, just to get this information out there. I really appreciate it. And I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners and viewers really appreciate uh, the talk as well. So thank you very much. You are more Big hugs welcome. to you. And thank you. Thank you for doing this and what you're doing and being willing to do the work that you do and be vulnerable enough to bring it out. Right? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah.